0: So Jed shared a post on Facebook about declining fertility rates and yep. do you remember exactly what the what it was? It was just some statistic. Oh I that's think the what actual was. article you shared declining. was was a statistic about declining fertility rates. It was declining. Yep. And you said something about that it just it was sad, right? I mean you just shared right. the article and said this is right. not good. And somebody didn't like it <laughs> which is a shocker. Nobody saw that coming. The article was Surprising Decline in Fertility Rates. Yeah. That was the title of the article. Anyway, so Jed posted it and said, how sad, or something like that. And um, this lady did not like it. So she, uh, she commented and said, uh, she said, this news article largely ignores the scientific difficulty of getting pregnant. There have been eighty-four thousand man-made chemicals introduced into society since 1950, and only one percent have been tested for human safety. Fertility is a real issue for women due to the number of products we use that can cause health issues and uh, fertility. I think she meant infertility. It may yeah. not always be. It may not always be choice.
1: Right. To which I replied, as a friend of mine. You know, great point. They should mention stuff like they should have mentioned something like that." Um, And then I try to turn it back to the main issue is uh, I said fertility is a huge problem, but there has been a very modern movement to avoid having children as well. Our future fertility suffers from both problems, the one she mentioned and this. Went on to say it is especially sad when Christian couples begin saying that they don't have to have children. It's not required of them. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Or shouldn't have children because, you know, God's calling them to do that so they can be more... Uh, effective in ministry. Yeah. Uh, and I just mentioned that I've come to see from scripture that generally speaking, if you can have children and you're a believer, you should. And uh, you said you don't have an uh, opinion on how many
0: how many children is the you're not going to prescribe yeah. the exact amount of children
1: or or say you, right. uh, you're no, um, you're
0: morally I, obligated to have as right. many children as you're physically capable right. of. And I um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not I wasn't. I was trying to just make the point, like, hey, haven't gone totally Roman Catholic here, and I'm against all contraceptives ever. Uh, You know, that's not the point. I don't see that in scripture. I don't don't agree with that. Um, And still, uh, she pointed out uh, in the next the next thing that that God may not call everyone to be parents, and I I think that's uh, and then goes on to say, and they can serve in God's purposes serve god's purpose without kids
0: yeah which
1: i uh, i think that's that's the big point and that's we would kind of, argue with. that's
0: kind of what you were like we've talked multiple times about friends you have or people you've talked to that just that's the attitude that they have is I mean, right we don't we don't need kids i, I don't think god is calling us I to don't, have kids I don't, I don't i don't feel
1: called yeah i don't feel called to have called children, to have right children right
0: because i don't really turns out i don't really like the idea of being burdened by it. So I don't feel like God's calling. it. That's typically what
1: that means. Or we really need to be, and and again, I want to say, some of my friends that are going to listen to this uh, may be offended because uh, you've said these (laughs) things to me. I I love you. I'm not judging you. Uh, This is just my opinion. (laughs) But I don't even know where it's going. (laughs) Oh, I need to be, we need to be financially stable or... You know, I, th- I think I'm just really worried that our relationship would suffer from having a child or, you know, that sounds painful. I don't want to do that. Yeah, you know, all, the, all the excuses. All the excuses. And a big one now is, well, I want to be financially stable because, right. you know, being good stewards of our money. Hey, we see that in the Bible. That's a good thing. So now should we, I can, ju- I can justify that. But I think the the biggest thing uh, and one of the biggest excuses is when people I, I don't know, isn't it some fallacy or something? When you're using something positive and good to cover up for something yeah. you're you're you know, doing that's not good. It's not a fallacy. It's uh Uh yeah, there is a name for it. I don't remember I don't remember either. <clears throat>
0: but yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it is it's kind of that's that that's the kind of argumentation that everybody uses and that's and that's kind of what we're, we were, we were pushing against, and and even like the, so this, uh, this woman that was commenting, she says, um, God may not call everyone to be parents, and they can serve in God's purposes without kids. So I replied, I jumped in because I tagged you. I, oh yeah, that's what happened. You tagged me. You pulled me into this. I did. But uh, I usually like to just um, put one thought in and step right out. I don't. I don't like to stay in yeah. arguments on. <laughs> On social media, it's not often productive. But I, so I, I commented and said, "All right, hold on." She said, "God may not call everyone to be parents; they right. can serve in God's purposes without kids." So right. I commented and said, "But that's not the couple's choice, though. If God hasn't called them to be parents, He'll make that clear by not allowing them to have children. The default is multiplication." So again, just uh, going back to Jed's original point, Scripture calls children a, a blessing. Um, you have the dominion mandate uh, th- that necessarily entails multiplying in order to steward the creation. And you have all of that kind of reasoning that it, the, def- the default is multiplication. It's, it's having kids. And like Jed said, we're not saying that uh, there's a specific number you're supposed to have or whatever. And Anyway, so I said, if God isn't calling a married couple to be parents... Then he's going to make that clear. It's not really up to the, the the married couple's choice to just decide God isn't calling us to have kids. Well, how how do you know? Do you know that because because you want to be financially stable and you think kids right. are taxing, or you know how do you know that God is not calling you to be parents? Usually, it's because of some fear that they have revolving around the realities of having kids yeah. or they they don't like kids or, right. you know, whatever it is. They it's, see
1: their exhausted friends.
0: Yeah, like exactly. Us. Yeah, like, they, uh, yeah, exactly. They see parents of young kids are just exhausted all the time and overwhelmed and they see the kids behaving badly and they just don't want to deal with that. Right. That's not the way to discern God's will and we'll talk about that another time. But anyway, so I said... God's going to make that clear. Right. Um, the default is multiplication. So she replied, I disagree. I have known families who were not called to be parents themselves, but were able to be surrogates for others who couldn't have children, which... I don't know. Wow. A what, is, clue. what exactly is she yeah, talking the, about? The response... Like, I, is she talking about surrogate uh, pregnancy? Because we'll, we we're going to talk about that sometime, because right. it's actually a, an important issue. It, yeah. But anyway... I, I, surrogates for others who couldn't have cho- you know, She's not saying they could be surrogate parents for children by adopting children. That's not what she's saying, so I don't know exactly what she means there. Yeah. Anyway, she says, and it would also stand to reason if that logic was true, then God's will would not be adoption or fostering, which again, I don't know how she got there, logically, because if they weren't physically able, then they obviously aren't called to be parents. Well, no, that's not my, she's totally missing my, my argument. I'm not saying that if God has not allowed you to physically have children, then that's absolute no, uh, unmistakable evidence that God is not calling you to be parents. Right. That's not my point at all. My point was you ought to be, uh, you ought to have the intention of having children. Yeah. If you can't physically, then God may be using you to adopt. Right. <laughs> Other yeah, kids. and
1: then, you know, she goes on to say that blanket statements that assume everyone knows God's plan for every family is what isolates people. So, I'm, I'm not going to jump into isolates what people, you mean mm-hmm. isolates unbelievers, you mean makes people not find Christianity attractive. Yeah, right. we, we're definitely going to talk about that a lot because, yeah. but um, what she's doing there, she's expanding the argument. We were talking very narrowly mm-hmm. um, that... Uh, avoiding having children, we think is you know is, is wrong, and people are just justifying it. They're just making excuses, and then she's saying, "Well, w- well, so then everybody that can't have kids is not parents." It's like, yeah, we're not saying that. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're being a very it's very limited in what we're saying, but but I think okay. generally, and this is where. <laughs> I was arguing with someone a few weeks ago about something. I was saying no. Generally, I'm saying this, yeah, yeah. and they kept running straight to the exceptions, right. which we see oh, yeah. we right. see all the time. Yeah. And this is this is kind of what what she's doing here. Yeah. Um, and, and I know this person. I don't think that you know if if it was not a Facebook conversation, it would have been way more productive. Yeah, and sure. wouldn't have gone on like this.
0: But that's the way it tends to go. Yeah. Is somebody right. usually takes it to the to the universal blanket statement that we're not trying to make or they take it to the extreme conclusion that we're also not not going to sometimes it's the the slippery slope fallacy right uh, the slippery you know slippery slopes are real and people get stuck on them <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. but
0: the slippery slope fallacy is to is to take somebody's point and and force it down this road and say if you're going to say that then necessarily you're you're, you're inevitably going to end up over here, right? And that's not necessarily true. So she she then commented, um, she said that I I and remember all I said was the default is multiplication. If God doesn't want right. you to have kids, yeah.
1: Generally speaking,
0: generally speaking, <laughs> the uh, default is ordinarily right. Um, ordinarily, the default is multiplication, and if God doesn't want you to have kids, he's going to make that clear, right? So she said that I was basically arguing that if people are able to have kids, then they then they must they have to be like the Duggers. Right. You know, she thought if we were arguing that couples ought to have kids if they're able and not stunt their own fruitfulness, then we must be saying people are required to have as many kids as possible and never limit it. And so then she she said that uh, she had a <laughs> she said she had a certain number of kids and then made sure they wouldn't have any more. And she didn't feel like she was out of God's will by doing that. So, okay, there are two problems with that, <laughs> the, the comment in general. The first is to argue that we think people must have as many kids as possible and we ought to be the duggers, which is, you know, kind of a, it's odd that we use that in a derogatory way anyway. But, <laughs> uh, you know, to argue that we think that people have to be like the duggers if they're physically capable of having kids is just ridiculous. That's not what we're saying at all. And you made that clear in your Facebook comments, but uh, and secondly, this this brings up another issue that we we have a very pervasive problem amongst Christians of relying on personal experience and emotion. So, for example, in this specific case, she basically was arguing that choosing to not have tons of kids can't possibly be wrong because she did it and she didn't feel like she was out of God's will. Right? Do you see? <laughs> The, right. the problem with that argument, and I, I, this is shocking, how much this kind of argument comes up, uh, of people saying, "Well, I did that." Well, okay, you and might, you might have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right. not. That is not an argument to try to establish. This can't possibly be against God's will because I did it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Why does that mean it can't possibly be against God's will? That that's not how God's will is discerned or decided or determined. That's not that's a that's a really dangerous line of argumentation. Anyway, going back to the issue of yeah. that if we think that parents should have kids, they or that married couples should have kids, then we're saying that they ought to have as many kids as possible. Right there, there are a couple issues. The fundamental issue is that all we're saying is that one of the main purposes of marriage is to provide a godly offspring. You know, one of the main functions, the main purposes of marriage is to produce a godly seed. That's, right. you know, this is, I think it's Malachi that God uh, talks about uh, producing a godly seed. I mean, that's that's one of the main functions of the marriage covenant. Um, you see it in uh, in right from Genesis 1. With the yeah. uh, Dominion mandate, right. it, it necessarily involves multiplying, um, and the way that you, <laughs> the way that you take Dominion over, over the Earth is by multiplying, mm-hmm. and and by extension, the way that that you as a as an individual do do your part of that, and to to shift it over into the uh, not just the the broad practical side of things, but the the spiritual side of things, I suppose, if you want to make that kind of distinction of uh, extending God's household, so to speak, is to
1: have kids and raise them to follow the Lord. Right. So one of the arguments I've heard that people use is going back to um, the dominion mandate. Some people view the proto-evangelion talking about the seed of the woman, so then reproducing was almost a you know a task to try to bring about the seed that would crush the serpent's oh, head yeah so then in that in that case, how do you respond to that so they're saying, well, we know that we must reproduce you know before the coming of the messiah to to bring about the coming of the Messiah, which is funny because it's kind of like hey let's instate Israel and then start paying Jews to go back to to Israel so that prophecy is fulfilled faster. Yeah. It's like that kind of right. logic. <laughs> right. That's not great. But the, um, the idea of, okay, the Messiah has come. So I've heard people argue, uh, well, now that was, that was just to bring about the fruitlessness to fill the earth uh, is really just part of. Fruitfulness. Yeah, that fruitfulness <laughs> is to bring about uh, the coming of the Messiah. But my response to that... Uh, yeah, I'm, give um, me your response. I, I, I think that's bizarre. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we see the, the command to be fruitful and fill the earth occurs before the fall, first of all. Yeah. Sure. So it it's not just God preemptively saying, be fruitful, fill the earth, knowing the fall is about to occur. Right, right. However long. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's not tied to bringing about the anything. messiah anything it's it's, it's a mandate it's that is not ended
0: it's tied to exercising
1: dominion right and that's it right that's No. And, and then from there i i would argue that it well this is where i want you to come in because it, i think it's ridiculous <laughs> to hear somebody say well now that the messiah has come we don't have to be as fruitful we can back off of that because it's we're not trying to bring about the coming of the messiah right, have you ever heard that no, I've, I've, I've never heard, heard that. Really?
0: That's why I, I swear I'm not sure I have a great response.
1: I've never <laughs> just, heard that. It's just too that absurd for crazy. You. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that. That's insane. Uh, so I've heard that argument, huh. um, and it's interesting. I mean, I,
0: it totally makes sense that people would come up with that argument. Right. I mean, I can totally see the the felt logic of it. Yeah.
1: Well, this is new. Something I've heard of that you
0: haven't come across yeah, to I, argue not Yeah, I don't against. think, I've, came, I don't oh, think I've come across that.
1: <laughs> now the uh, it's interesting, isn't it it's, a, it's yeah. an odd it's an odd view, but i to me, the simplest way to to attack that is to say, well, the fruitful fruitfulness is tied to yeah to, to filling the earth right i mean it's <clears throat> the Dominion
0: mandate, our ability you've got like Christopher Cohn is a professor I think he's out in California now he used to teach at Tyndale seminary um and I like Cohn a lot. Um, not James Cone, totally different guy. Different Christopher
1: Cone, not James. C- uh, we are not James Cone fans.
0: No. Christopher Cone uh, is a pretty is a really sharp guy, and I like a lot of his stuff. And he has a book called Redacted Dominionism, and he's basically arguing for like that the that the dominion uh, the dominion mandate is redacted due to the fall. Now he means redacted as in like after the fall, our ability to fulfill it is we don't have the ability to fulfill it, gotcha um, and he and he i think he goes beyond that to say like the mandate itself is not fully in place, like we don't actually have the the mandate he doesn't he doesn't like people going to Genesis nine and saying that the that the Dominion mandate is fully in force because Genesis nine repeats it he he says the Dominion mandate is not fully in force interesting, I don't agree with that right, right, but um. But all that to say, that it is our ability to properly fulfill the Dominion mandate is absolutely redacted in the sense of that it's it's curtailed. It's damaged. And I think that this is such a large discussion with, you know, uh, Christ is the second Adam, yeah. in, in a way fuller sense than we tend to think right we We tend to think of that simply to mean that, you know,
1: nice nice assemblyile.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Hey, hey, yeah. That was good. Like, we're fallen. We're yeah. fallen because of Adam. Right. We're saved because of Christ. Yeah, you know, and that's but, all there is to. Oh, what a helpful and picture. There's way more to it than that. I mean, yeah. he's in 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 a really really full sense is the second Adam, um, and and part of that is that he is the one who ultimately will completely fulfill the dominion mandate. Right. And and man in Christ redeemed mankind. The the new humanity that Christ is forming is the the humanity that. Can properly fulfill the dominion mandate. Now, that's not ultimately going to happen until Christ comes back. But I I think that our ability to properly fulfill, to properly carry out the dominion mandate, insofar as we can in a fallen world, is restored to a limited sense because we're still in a fallen world. Right? uh, Is restored by our redemption, you know, by our by our salvation. Our ability to properly fulfill the dominion mandate. Is restored, which again goes back to your point that the dominion mandate inherently involves multiplying, being fruitful. So I just don't think you can get around. Yeah, I don't think you can get around that. No, I don't try to argue that being fruitful has nothing to do with it, or being fruitful is is not. I don't know. All right, so that's crazy. It
1: is. Yeah, it's a really odd, really odd one. So uh, did you see the Q and A? with Doug Wilson on this,
0: mm. Ben
1: Merkel asked him those questions that he likes to do. Yeah. And he asked him, you know, what would you say that to, to a couple is that if they came to you and asked, Hey, is it a sin that uh, we don't want to have children? Oh, I think I did see it,
0: but I don't remember exactly what he said. Oh,
1: okay. So his first response was he, he kind of looked at it, you know, sideways and goes, yeah. yes. <laughs> now yeah. tell me what you mean. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah. I do remember that. And, and I think that's honestly that, right. the, the the way he approaches that is exactly how we we tend to think about it. Is, yeah. So you're telling me you just you just don't want to have children. You think you're fully capable, but you're a believer. You and your you know you and your spouse are a believer. Uh, okay, I think that's wrong. Now tell me why. Like what's going on? Right. We're right. not talking about the exceptions. I want to hit that right. point right. home before we move on to anything Cause else.
0: Because that's the now tell me why. Yeah, that's the now that, tell you know, me that's why. The, yeah, like my my automatic response is gonna be say is gonna to be to say yeah that's simple. yeah and, and you know but what yeah tell me if 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 you're one of the exceptions <laughs> right and by that I don't mean tell me that you
1: feel like God hasn't called you to it <laughs> sure and, um, and at that point you as a, a pastor and recognizing counseling needs may be going okay what has happened in your past right. that may have or leading sure. you to, to feel this way or think this yeah. way not not be able to think you can handle this or yeah. are there other sin issues not being dealt with between the couple right. that you know they think it would actually be dangerous or harmful or you know they're not able to they're not willing to bring children into that yet or you know something along those lines that's also not what we're talking about sure there are legitimate reasons to maybe wait a little bit but generally speaking Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe you'll take issue with even that, but generally speaking, children are a blessing from the Lord yeah. and there's really nothing in scripture that, that says that you can just, and people like to use, I'm going to throw this on top before you argue with that. Right. People like to use the passage in first Corinthians where Paul talks about celibacy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which he's also saying, this is not the de facto I just wish that people could be like this because it's so effective.
0: Oh yeah, for which actually shoes. is a that's a a similar uh So they use the a, same a, argument comparison. Right. If somebody says if somebody comes to us and says, um I'm a thirty-five year old guy yeah. and I'm not married yet and I haven't found anybody yet, um, do you think it's wrong for me to not be married? You know, we're probably gonna say Yes. Yes. No, now tell, tell me, me why. why. <laughs> <laughs> because that's that's just the yeah ordinarily yeah. that indicates that there are some there are more problems going on here right because marriage is the default yeah and having kids is the default of marriage yeah do you, now do you that doesn't that, that not, doesn't mean that we think that uh it's totally wrong for somebody to get married late we it, does, it doesn't mean that we think it's always wrong for for somebody to not ever be married, right? that's an exception. But it's an exception. It's not the rule. And we'll talk about it in another episode. Yeah.
1: The, the rabbit trail I want to spin off of that before you move on is, uh-huh. and we don't have to go down it now, okay. uh, is when that 35-year-old is dating a godly young woman in the church. But he's kind of like, I don't know. Maybe there's – I'm not sure how compatible we are. It's like, bud, at this point, is she pretty? Yeah. Is she godly? You know, what are the quali- what What advice do you have there? I'd love to hear your your take on that. But let's not. All right, let's not go down the. We'll, we'll go down the rabbit trail. Yeah, um, that's
0: um, behind the paywall. It so is. if you're a patron, um, you can listen to that discussion. So going back to the th- – this is, this is the default marriage. Marriage is the default. Right. And having children is the default for married couples. There was an article uh, – it was quite a while ago, but there was an article. The title of it was so offensive to people. The title was, If you don't want to have kids, don't have sex or yeah. get married. <laughs> if you don't want to have kids – don't have sex or get married, Sure. You know, because that's the natural direction. That's the natural telos, uh, you know, the, the end goal, the right. purpose of marriage. And it's the natural telos. It's the natural end. It's the natural function of the sexual relationship. Is it's there are other purposes, but one of the primary functions is it produces offspring. Um, there's so there's that article. Um, He gives the illustration of a vending machine that uh, has a big red button, Mm -hmm. and it says, Press for Puppy. And every time you press it, uh, a really adorable little puppy comes out of the vending machine. But distinct from the puppy actually coming out and you enjoying the puppy and whatnot, pressing the red button (laughs) gives you some amount of pleasure. Say there's some electrical shock or something, and you you get a rush of endorphins, by, by pressing the button, yeah. okay? Um, if you if people really love pressing the button, they're just going to press the button a bunch of times, a bunch of puppies are going to start coming out, right? And, all right, if you want to make the analogy even tighter, a puppy doesn't come out every single time, okay? But often, because this is the natural result of pushing the button, right. puppies often come out. Right. Well, say somebody decides that they really like pressing the button yeah. but they don't want the hassle of the puppies they don't want to take care of them right. they're going to yip all the time they they're just they they can't afford to buy them all the food and right. the vets the vet yep. shots what uh, you know yep. they can't afford to take care of it they just, or puppy, they don't want puppy breath
1: pu- nobody likes puppy, puppy breath. breath they
0: don't want to deal with the hassle so they decide to they, they try to figure out a way to push the button without uh, while guaranteeing that a puppy is never going to come out. Right. And so all right, the the analogy breaks down as all analogies do. So sure. bear with us, but it's a it's an excellent analogy because say they'd and he you know, he's talking about um abortion and abortive right. contraceptives and stuff. Say the person mm-hmm. figures out uh you can you can shove something up in the in the vending machine mm-hmm. that now you can press the button, but when a puppy comes down the chute, it, it it kills the puppy and the puppy never comes out. Right. Then you don't have to deal with the puppies. Right. And you can and people can continue to press the button and get the pleasure from yeah. pressing the button mm-hmm. that says press for puppy without ever having to deal with the hassle of the puppy. Right. Well everybody's gonna viscerally automatically recognizing the the inhumaneness of that and the sure. the, the cruelty and horror of that, but not just the cruelty and horror of killing the puppies. Recognize the the big button that says press for puppy right <laughs> its natural result is that you get a puppy yeah and you're going to want to keep pressing it but you don't want the hassle of the puppy yeah. it's there's a big disconnect it's yeah it's incongruous so what people want to do what christians want to do is is try to make arguments for it and say well i don't i just don't feel called right to have a puppy you know, I can I can serve God more effectively maybe with if I didn't have the hassle of needing to take care of puppies, and I I, I think it falls apart. But yeah, um, it does. But I think that that we would both would be really quick to say actually one of the most effective ways that you can minister for the glory of God. One of the most effective ways that you can spread the gospel. One of the most effective ways that you can bring up a godly generation is to have your own.
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know, that's, right. that's your, that's going to be your most effective mission field.
1: Yeah. I, I like what moving on to um, kind of what you just hinted at, the talking about what, what actually the, the, the marriage union is for hitting on that. Um, non tenant has yeah. uh, some articles and in one of them, and he has a series and it's all on a different, um, like sexual things. But the question is, what is sexual intimacy for? So down in the section for union, he says, at the broadest level, he's building an argument, and and this is one of his, uh, I think his second point, at the broadest level, sexual activity seems to be a particular mechanism that distinguishes how husbands and wives relate to each other. This includes a physical and psychological element. Sexual activity is therefore at least, at the very least, for bringing them together as a couple. Sex itself is a paradigm example of sexual activity. Surely implies this much. They became one flesh and a physical image of what love is, the complete one togetherness of persons. And mm-hmm. in the next section under procreation, he expands that argument and says, since intercourse is the paradigm of sexual activity and leads naturally to reproduction, we can certainly say that sexual activity is for procreation. And this, indeed, is the initial focus of the Bible for sexuality, and he's referencing Genesis chapters 1 and chapter 2. Right. And so I, I think that sums up nicely what, what we're getting at there with that idea is that I, it's kind of an airtight argument is that this is what it was designed for. But the yeah. problem is, is we, really, we really do want to separate it out, yeah. and our culture today and especially. The, yeah.
0: The, it's ultimately just, a, it's just a, a demonstration, an illustration of our radical self-centeredness. And anybody who f- feels this way, Right, <laughs> you know, feels that they haven't been called to have kids or whatever is obviously going to react against that. And like we said, we're not talking about the exceptions. Um, tell us why. You know, there there may be an exception where, yeah, you you may really not be. But how you come to that conclusion is is important. But um, going along with what what Nan was saying, Alistair Roberts. Has a good couple articles on it, but he he makes a, an important distinction between that. That's an, an important takeaway to remember between and, and this is this is what goes with um, the woman on Facebook with her her kind of feeling of how we were being of if, if we say that you you should have kids if you're able, then we must we must mean that you're supposed to you're supposed to have as many yeah. kids as you're physically back capable the, of having.
1: Back to that slippery slope yeah, fallacy.
0: Alistair Roberts makes a, a really important distinction between the pattern and the individual act. You know, and, and so he he says it's not that every single individual act has to necessarily be for the purpose of or necessarily even open to procreation. What we're arguing is that the the that's the direction it's that's the direction that the sexual relationship within marriage naturally heads that's the the pattern should not be against childbearing you know it's we're not saying that you have to have as many kids as you possibly can right what we're saying is if you're going to ask us is it wrong to choose fruitlessness we're going to say yes yeah uh, tell me why
1: right Right. So
0: I, I think that's uh, enough. That, enough for now. I'm sure that we'll talk more about it. We'll yeah. we'll think of stuff that yeah we didn't even get into
1: and, to surrogate children. Oh yeah, in the we'll, forms of yeah pets or plants or we'll that talk about kind that, that another time. There's yeah.
0: there's so much more to talk about and yeah. there's there are so many points and thoughts that we could develop more and that we'll we'll think of more. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I'm sure we'll
1: bring it. Yeah. up. Yeah. And, and if you're and if you're listening to this and and you and your spouse have. have Thought through this or not thought through this very much. You've just kind of made the decision. Hey, you know, yeah, I, finances are rough right now, or whatever. Uh, we're not looking down. On you, we're not trying to <laughs> trying to be like you're living in sin. What we're trying to do is get you to think about what does yeah, God's word actually right. say about this, and and are you emulating the culture? Or are you emulating the word? Right. Do, do we look like? people of the book, do we look like people who worship God and, and read his word and believe it, or do we look like the world? And the world right now right. What, is choosing fruitlessness. It's right. insane how these rate the birth rates are declining in this country mm. and in other countries across the world. Yeah, Modernized. We're, we're just trying to get you to
0: take the time to actually deeply think through it biblically, right. not just think about what you feel like you might want. Right. Really think and study it uh, biblically, because we want to equip and encourage believers to be committed and competent disciples of Christ in every area of life. So that's what we want to do with this episode. Um, we'll share some of uh, those links to those articles that we mentioned in the show notes. So always check the show notes. We'll always share a few more resources there. And um, hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Till next time, Godspeed.